to comment on, on, on those reality shows here, Survivor in particular, is here's the thing. It can capture your attention all the way from beginning to end because there's the right amount of investment. There's the right amount of, um, of, of story and arc and payoff at the end. And there's enough to keep you in tune because if you tune out for a bit, you'll miss stuff that's actually relevant to what's going to happen in the end. You can't really tune out. Here's the thing. This ties into the basketball is I actually wonder if, if in, in the NBA, and I, I mean, I used to turn on games every night when it came home from work because, I mean, it was, I was in the same time zone. I can't do that here. But I don't really watch game half, like quarter one or two as much anymore. Like I'll try to, but in 2021, with all the stuff that's going on in our lives and how much we have to do and just how much stuff there is to occupy our attention. It is hard to watch four full quarters all the time. I'll say that. Like you only you basically the finals or like the near the end when you can actually dedicate that amount of time. And if you don't watch quarters one and two, you can kind of watch three and four and still pretty much get the same effect of the game. Do you agree or not? Absolutely, because I've done that with every single <laughs> form of entertainment. So, for example, if I watch, if I listen to a raw recap. Okay. Um, I don't need to watch the three hours of Raw, primarily because Raw is a terribly written show these days. But <laughs> you get the idea. It's just, it's it's wrestling, it's basketball. I'll watch, um, you know, there's well, there's certain there's certain boxing fights, for example, that I'm like, you know what? I saw these guys last two fights. Okay. I kind of know how this fight's gonna go. I'll probably pick it up in the in the tenth or twelfth round, and just by the um just by like um you know say max kellerman for example if he's doing like round by round uh scoring um it wouldn't be him it'd be like steve farhood or something but he'll be like oh and the story of the fight is this and that and i'll be like i, I know the fight i know the fight in just one i'm in the 10th round but i know exactly what happens in round one through nine and now i'm picking it up now knowing fully what's uh, happened before and what's kind of going to happen so i've been able to what you just described there about quarters um one to three and just kind of picking up maybe late third quarter um all the fourth quarter i've pretty much been able to do that with wrestling with baseball with and, well, and not just and i'm not just talking full games i'm yeah. like i also like you know pick up you know nfl like you know uh, six games into the season and kind of know like you know kind of what the story of the uh of, of the league is or with a particular team i've been able to kind of like do that and i think it comes from well i'll speak for myself just watching all these sports for for so many years it it kind of these stories kind of repeat themselves the athletes arc kind of repeat themselves yeah. team arcs repeat themselves and basketball is no different so here's the thing is interesting is okay i singled out basketball probably because it's the sport i'm closest to in, in terms of viewership but you, you you pointed out a few other sports and what the interesting thing is the ones you pointed out first boxing and baseball they have the hey those sports are dying problem like like the, it's mm -hmm. usually older people who like it versus younger people. So they mm -hmm. have this in common. And and my worry about basketball is that's, that's going to be a problem. Cause it's like, here's the thing, uh, NFL football game. You kind of, I feel the need to watch more of it because how many touchdowns are really scored in a game versus how many baskets are scored in an NBA game. Right. You don't watch the earlier parts. You might miss all the scores at all the times that a touchdown or a field goal is scored for the most part. Um, and the games can change on a dime. Like like a, a score in the NFL changes the momentum of a game momentously, whereas in basketball, not necessarily so. Um, and that's partly because of how many possessions there are in a basketball game, how many chances there are, how many scores there are. And like that's, I, I was thinking like with 
basketball. And then we'll we'll get into like the whole wrap up and kind of the summary, like kind of reviewing the season in a second was was basketball. I thought if you taken the game and just made it two halves of say fifteen minutes each, maybe twenty. Uh, which is getting kind of close to what the college game is. Like, I think it would have been fine. You just like there's there is so many stoppages, and I guess it's for the commercials. But I think that you don't really lose anything by not watching that first half. I think you still pretty much because the thing is the first half is almost inconsequential in 2021 because even if a team is down by 18 at the half, it's so easy to come back from 18 now. Like they just like like so many teams obliterate those deficits now. Like it doesn't even. You don't even feel the. I don't even feel like I'm losing anything. I don't know. Um, yeah, and and or or um, you're feeling good. Say if you're the. Say if you're like me, and you know you're watching James Harden and the Rockets, and you know they're kind of tuning up the Warriors, and you're feeling quite good. And next thing you know, Curry and Clay just like go on like three different times, like eighteen two <laughs> runs, and it's just it's just like you just throw your hands up, and it's like what what the fuck was I watching the first half for? What was I getting so excited for? Why was I saying James Harden's the greatest player of all time? Um, you're right. Um, so it's, it's definitely a game of runs. Um, I think the Olympics are, um, so it's not quite your model, but it is, uh, four, um, 10 minute quarters. Um, I guess it might come into what's best for the player's health. Is it, you know, 15 minute halves or, or whatnot, but I guess with basketball, you can sub in guys in and out anyways, and there's enough TV breaks to make it work. Um, that's a really good question because I think, um, there's really no fix because you can't make a rule that says that, um, you know, first quarter points are going to count more. Maybe you can. Okay. Hear about this. How about this? How about this? How about some mistakes that you make in the first half can come back to haunt you in the second half. So for example, um, I don't know, like say if you get, um, say if you have the same um, illegal defense, foul that you had in the first half well maybe that's like a flagrant one now right or the equivalent of a flagrant one right because it's like shame on you for doing that in the first half because you know here you are in the first half thinking that you know i can do that early in the game it's almost like foot it's almost like soccer you know you'll see a lot more cards in the second half because the referee is like saying all right you did that shit in the first half now it's still zero zero and you 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 did the same foul that you did in the first half but now i'm gonna card you right um, think so about this. A way- mm-hmm. Will it make will will stuff like that make you as a viewer say, okay, I have to watch what's happening in quarter one two now, or you're going to turn on quarter three and just be like, okay, now I need there's more little pieces of information I need to keep track of to it de- figure out what's going on. Again, it de- it depends on you know you're not going to get so. <laughs> First of all, people who are at the games are going to probably, you know, watch watch the whole game. So I, we're, we're yeah. probably talking about just the strictly the TV audience. Um, Which is much I, bigger than the people attending the game. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, um, I, I don't have a good question. I guess I guess there we'd really have to see a breakdown of so, how many people are tuning in late to, to basketball games to try and so, capture their yeah. imagination so, early on. Viewership apparently, like, I don't know. I, I hear different things. I think it is going. It is gradually going down. And I, you're right. I don't know what it is from half to half. But I'll tell you what. Like this is regardless of whatever the score, regardless of who has what fouls at the half, it's like whatever's happening in quarter three, four. It's like this contained environment on its own. Like maybe a team is down by ten. They go, okay, I need to score ten points. Maybe a person's playing with three fouls. Okay, I gotta just play with only three fouls to go. Two fouls to go. And 
Um, that's what made me think, well, why don't they just make the game this? Because the urgency they're playing in quarter three, four is because of how much time is left in the game, which is not as much as in the beginning of the game where they have 48 minutes and all these timeouts. So really the only thing to make this much more impactful where you're a viewer and you really need to watch what's going on is fewer possessions, which is basically mm -hmm. less time on the clock. And that's the only thing I can really come up with. Um, it's not like bad. Uh, so uh, a, a couple things I just want to touch on. So I think yeah. overall viewership in pretty much everything is, is down. We're talking sports. We're talking drama. Um, the Kardashians are off TV now because, you know, they, they're doing like a million less a week. But I believe NBA, if I recall, there's two things in North America that the 18 to 34 male demo is is either not up, but trending upwards and it's, it's doing better. It's it's basketball. Like all, we're talking all of basketball. And so that's the only ball and stick sport and AEW wrestling. So when people say that, Soccer, oh, wrestling's right? dead. I don't know about MLS, but I know like right. so a lot of so bat, uh, so um I'm I'm a stickler for for ratings um you know for wrestling because I've been listening to Meltzer my whole life. So his whole thing is like when people are like, oh, how can you like AEW? They're not even doing um they're 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 not even they're they're barely doing a million, whereas Raw and Nitro were doing you know combined almost twelve million a week. How can you say that this is they're in a good position? He says because they're number one in their demo for that particular night. So if everyone's numbers are down, it's the opposite of, of um, it's the opposite of uh, rising tides lift all boats. It's the opposite. If, if, if the tide's all low and we're all kind of at that marginal level, then the ones that are going to stand out are the ones that are at the top of the demos. And I think basketball is in a comfy position with the 18 to 34. And, and that's the reason why that's the important demo is you remember the uh, failed, Euro soccer league they were going to do right with like 10 super teams they were just going to be Real okay. Madrid Man U okay yeah. the only reason why they're entertaining that shit is because it's what young people want they would they they've done focus groups they're oh. like what 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 do you want more what? in soccer and they're like I just want to see Real Madrid play Man U every three weeks and they're like whoa I, we have a we have a solution for people, you though it was also for the global audiences like you know of in course. Singapore here they, they there's this patio i like to go to robertson key and then like when it's the season they'll put up the big screen of man u games and you'll just see rows and rows of people just sitting there watching man u at the nighttime absolutely um, yeah so so everything is is going to come down to that key demo that spends the most money they'll spend the most money on tickets travel merch um if yeah. it's uh, behind a paywall you know whether it's the zone or i don't know showtime sports whatever um you know they're the ones that are going to pay for it so i don't hate your idea how about this um does the nba own the g league yep okay it, so they well, could just I mean, it's different team owners but it's under their like they run it it's not like uh, so i believe when the nhl i believe when the nhl for example is trying to implement rule changes they'll they'll try it out in like the ohl yep. or junior a Same or junior b so Oh, perfect. Okay, let's let's do that then. Yeah, that's yeah. an interesting point. You know, um, so the I mean, I'm just I was just I was just listing one point when I realized, hey man, this is tough watching all these games. Like there were there were friends here who were not watching. Okay, granted, there's a time zone difference, but I was just like, man, there's some big basketball fans who are not watching full finals games. Now, maybe that maybe that's a reflection of these finals, but um, the season. Like, did you follow closely the whole season? Like, just to recap where we were, like when. When we last spoke, I think Harden might have still been on the Rockets. I mean, it's, it feels like so long ago when we started the season where, um, like, Harden was still in the Rockets and, like, Russell Westbrook was – oh, he was still in the Rockets. And it's been a bit of a crazy year, but um, glad they got it done. I think 
the I don't know. To be honest, we, I we, felt underwhelmed by the season and playoffs. Um, yeah, uh, actually, I, I have that. I've been thinking about this question kind of all week. So first to Harden, actually, that was my last point was like, I was like, of course, Harden's going to play well when he goes to Brooklyn. And, and he did. He just didn't stay healthy enough. And, you know, Brooklyn just, they were, uh, you know, a toenail short of making it to the NBA oh, yeah. finals. But but no, I like Harden fitting in, you know, into his role and being uh, a distributor and, and there was a couple of games where all three played and he was the high score, but, but very rarely he kind of just said like, you know, guys, I know my role. And, um, and people like, didn't think that he would do that. And, uh, you know, just why would a guy just leave all that money on the table? Want to play with a guy he's played before play with a problematic oh, guy. Wait, and, and, kept, uh, and, 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 and he's and, kept and, all the money. He keeps all the money, but keeps all the Houston money. Yeah. Cause it was a trade. I'm pretty sure he, they, he's oh, on the same so contract. Brooklyn would, have, it was a full Brooklyn would have had to eat it. Okay. I've, I'm always curious with NBA if like money gets set aside or an escrow or some bullshit. So, um, but anyways, for feeling um, underwhelmed. Yeah. I mean, look, the NBA year kind of came and went for me. It, um, <laughs> I was thinking about this. It kind of reminds me of like, you know, when we were talking about like, you know, 1993, 1984, like, you know, WCW or, or, or WWF when like, you know, in WCW, like Barry Windham was champion, and on the other channel, like Bret Hart was facing. That was Bret awesome. Hart was like, yeah, I know Bret Hart was like facing, you know, Jerry Sags in like a nothing TV match. But, <laughs> but what's great about that is, is later in life when nostalgia becomes a thing, you reflect and you say, man, that was fun times. So, I think that this NBA year had many great moments. Of course, I think Giannis winning his journey uh, to the NBA. It's a wonderful story and a wonderful story that's still writing itself. It's just that I'm not appreciating it right now, and I'll speak yeah, just for enough. myself. I'm really feeling the effects of kind of COVID 2020, this, this, this mind fuck haze. It's still, you know, <laughs> kind of messing with me. And I, I have no doubt that if we're in the year 2030 and if ESPNs are doing – sorry, if ESPNs doing 30 for 30s and producing, you know, current day, like 2020, 2021 content, yeah. and let's face it, 10 years from now, um, LeBron's probably retiring and that's going to be a massive seminal moment. And the oh, yeah. great thing about when LeBron does retire, love him or hate him, that's a major bookend. That is a massive chapter ended. And when you look back in LeBron's career and when you dissect his career, naturally, we will also look at those other standout talents because there has yeah. been a lot of great players who have been in the LeBron era, Giannis being one of them. And that's how I hope to appreciate, say, this season. I actually thought about this era. I actually kind of want to lump the Raptors championship and the COVID era. And because to me, um, the, the Cavs and Warriors playing and not playing the following year in 2019, I, I thought that was the end. And you and I have gone back and forth on this. You know, I put huge stock in, in KD not playing against the Raptors, massive stock. So to me, the Raptors winning was like, okay. God, they were freaking good and lucky and you need both. And that was awesome. Like Masai pulled off, uh, you know, the Lufthansa freaking um, airplane heist from Goodfellas. He got Kawhi. It was for one year. And that, and people were like, what the fuck just happened? And then COVID <laughs> happens. And LeBron's winning in LA with like Dwight Howard and Rajon Rondo. And I was like, what the hell's going on? And now we have Giannis winning against the Phoenix Suns. Like it's just been three kind of weird seasons. Yeah. And that's why I kind of lumped this as kind of its own I, era, even though the I Raptors actually, was pre-COVID. 
I think of the Raptors as that's actually part of I'll call it the Warriors era. You know what I mean? Like I know that the Cavs are they're one B and they're they're the fair. dance partner in that relationship there. That's but fair. it's a bit like um yeah, like because that was like, man, so this is how the Warriors chapter ends, like this. This is like the equivalent of I'm trying to think of a run in wrestling where like somebody okay, now it's the end. Um like oh, the Undertaker God. losing, I don't know. Yeah, like, yeah, a little Brock, bit, yeah. Kind of like that. Yeah. Um yeah. maybe Austin losing to the Rock at WrestleMania nineteen. Um not yeah, quite. And no one, ep- but that was an epic match, which no one talks about. But and no one knew um, it was the end, right? No one knew that Rock was pretty much going to Hollywood full time, and that was Austin's last match. He told like three people that was his last match. So you're right; that kind of came out of nowhere. Because you know, look at look at Steph Curry. He had, I think, he was top five in MVP voting, um, okay. or you know, and um, you know, we're still wondering, like, does this guy have another chip in him? Does Clay stay healthy? Is is Draymond a good third wheel. So you're right because so many, and these guys are all entering their, their thirties right now. So clay is a perfect example. Sorry. Well, clay as well, but <clears throat> Steph's a perfect example of, are we post warriors? Like the, I personally don't see them winning ever again. I could see. And, and, oh, the warriors? And, no. Yeah. And, okay. and Steph to me seems like a guy that will always be, he, he strikes me as just warrior for life type of guy. I can actually see Clay being this this year's um, or this this generation's Ray Allen um, yeah. goes you know so won a championship won won a couple of championships with the Warriors and then just being an integral part of some other team's run. I think he's you know hmm. I I think changes. I don't I don't see put this way I don't see Clay being a Warrior for life. Yeah, hey, that's plausible. Like that, yeah, I, I like yeah. what you painted that. That's possible. I'll say though, them winning again. Hmm. I think you're right. I think there's like a, a lot of wishful thinking by the media because I think the media loves the Warriors because the Warriors are so good at like giving access to interviews and stuff. But um, mm. but I think you're kind of right. Like I think that's kind of done. Like they got they the Warriors got like I like I said many months ago. They're the dynasty with an asterisk. Like they got mm. lucky with um, Durant. They got lucky with um. Trying to remember what the, all those other breaks that they got of teams. Yeah, well, we did an episode. Yeah, yeah, we did an episode so, on them. Yeah, without rehashing that. But yeah, like it's uh, with lightning in a bottle. Good for them. Good for that te- that team because that's a kind of a small market team to begin with. I mean, I know it's not a small market really, but you know they they got a better arena. They got just better followings now. Better branding. Um, so just I, 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 also, I also say I also say that as not. A Warriors hater like if they won next yeah. year it's like great like Steph <laughs> Steph Curry winning another NBA championship would be you know I, I could think of wor- I, I, I think so I could think of worse things yeah. to happen um sure. so you know but Giannis winning I will say that um I, I know um we could talk about Giannis winning but I th- I think for you you've been you've had this um CP3 not winning. Oh, okay. um, you, you've you've made a couple of comments. I'll let you scorch the earth with yep. that first, and so, then I'll, I'll just say, oh, one thing about uh, the Warriors, I do root for them to win because I like to see greatness realized, greatness achieved, and um, absolutely, I'm a big fan of the, hey, they're out of the mix, they counted us out, but let's just show them again, kind of like the Spurs have done it before, the Mavs did it, or they, well, the Mavs only did it once, but you know, just like that redemption story, I'm a big fan of that. Um, yeah. It's like Boston Robin Survivor. <laughs> that was his fourth try, and he got it. Anyway, um, the CP3. I mean, I um, like 
on one hand, like we talked about just right now, the redemption story. On one hand, I like seeing guys who work hard achieve their goal. And like it's it's inspiring when you see that happen, which is what we saw with Giannis. But Giannis was going to have more chances to win, whereas CP, like this is kind of it. I don't know. It's going to be not impossible, but it's certainly an uphill climb for him at age like 36 or so he is. He's not got that many years left to try and win this championship. And is his first time in the finals. I mean, so on one hand, you kind of root for him. On the other hand, he's just such a dirty player. There's just you. I think I've sent clips to you. I've sent clips to everyone. Just all these different. Okay, you you actually you actually you actually have it. Um, so this is the funny part. I need you to because I'm I'm dying to find. I've 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 seen many things about Chris Paul that I don't like. Um, I also think I I think you're right. I think he might get a Gary Payton championship where he's you know just coming off the bench with Jason Williams, which. Hey, listen, if you win a championship that way, oh, that's, uh, yeah. he, he's having a Hall of Fame career. Like, you know, who, who gives a fuck, right? But yeah, I don't think I've ever – the only thing that I saw dirty from from CP3 was uh, he said that thing to that player and that player pushed him um, and he flopped. Rondo, Rondo, when Rondo punched him in the face or something. But no, okay. Here's oh, what he's done. No, no. No, I'm, I'm talking about earlier. I'm talking the, the round before, remember? Um, oh, just this year. Oh, okay. I meant like his yes. whole career. Okay, well, r- give me a give me a Coles Notes okay. version of his career because I, okay. I don't I I don't uh, yeah I guess I don't care enough about what's I don't care head. enough about Chris Paul. Mm-hmm. Wake Forest, I think he punched some other player in the ball. This is back in college, punched, punched a player in the balls. <laughs> I've never heard this. When he was on the I believe the Clippers, he charged at Marc Gasol and like I don't know what he did to make Marc Gasol double over. And I I don't know somehow he took down a big guy. Um, he's punched other players in the balls. Um, what other like the flopping? That's I wouldn't call that dirty, but that's um, annoying. Um, I think um, I'm trying to remember what other dirty plays he's he's made. I'll have to find that YouTube clip. But those are the immediate ones. But then you know, there's the the way he likes to. Um, Pat Beverly. That's what I'm thinking of. Oh, and Pat Bev shoved him. Oh, that's different. I mean, like Pat Bev straight shoved him in the back, right? Oh no, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'm um I actually sympathize with Pat Bev because I think oh. there's certain players, just like uh, Maseraki or whatever, said the thing to Zinedine Zidane. I think there's certain things oh. that players will do that knows that they're going to get a reaction, and it's all premeditated. And if any, that's what it reeked of me because I've. Uh, I've kind of been around the block a little bit. I've been on the receiving end. I've kind of done it myself where <laughs> I, I, I think that Chris Paul said a very cheeky, probably a dirty thing. He turned his back knowing full well that he was going to receive some port, some form of, of push and he did and played it perfectly. So good for him. If anything, that reminds me of something dirty. Um, that reminds me of when I was a kid and we're playing soccer, it was indoor soccer in the gym. And then, okay. Like, I guess I don't know if everyone's fine with the fouls where say someone kicks your feet under you, it's a foul, then you just get the free kick, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, I used to always get super offended by that. Like when it's like straight up intentional, you're kicking my feet from under me and then I fall down on my face, like on front facing fall, where I was about to kind of get the ball and get a breakaway to like go up to the goal. Then then and like I was just like furious. I jump right up, I just run at that guy and shoved him. Kind of like Pat Dev shoved Chris, except I did it for mm-hmm. the so I got my yellow card, but um, fantastic. <laughs> I think uh, speaking of things that look easy on TV, and people are like, "Oh my god, look at these flopping!" You know, Italians and Portuguese on TV. No doubt, Italians and Portuguese flop <laughs> like 
like my god like Cirque du Soleil I have no doubt about that but you you if, if you even play like a little bit of adult soccer being tripped up full speed it's it sucks these guys do get hurt and anyways that's a bit of my soccer rant CP3 here's what I think about him he reminds me of that guy that you know you're just doing a quick four-man canoe because like you're at a cottage and he's just yelling come on guys we're like stroke come on we're supposed to do 40 strokes per minute or some bullshit like that <laughs> he, he's he's that guy that commands perfection when okay. you're not like for me chris paul you're not even you're not even tony parker you're nowhere near kobe <laughs> you're not lebron you're not mj you're not magic you're not bird you're not i mean NBA 75th anniversary is coming up. I have no doubt that the media will will vote him in as one of the 70th, 75th greatest of all time. And I have no problem if you do. But to me, like Chris Paul, he's that guy that totally calls out other people in locker rooms, you know, halftime and after the game. And it's yeah. like, bro, you're you're good. You're probably better than me, but you're not you're not A-list. You're not like, you know, it's it's like one thing of like, you know how um, you know, Undertaker used to have Undertaker's court. You know, in backstage in WWF, like there's a reason why Undertaker could call out certain wrestlers and not like Bart Gunn. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like credibility. Exactly. So if you know when when Kobe was like that that footage of him yelling to like uh, to, to who was the who was like his GM Mitch? Uh, oh, Mitch. Cup no. Cup. Yes, he was like Cup. What's going on? He's like he's yelling at Walt. And he's yelling at Jeremy Lin. It's like okay, that's that's Kobe Bryant, right? That's that's Kobe Bryant chewing you out. But to me, it's like Chris Paul chewing you out is like middle management at, um, I don't even know, middle management at yeah. like Uber telling you it's just like you're late. It's just like, I don't report to you, man. I don't. You're like, you're higher than me, but I do not report to you. Stop telling me to hustle. You're Chris Paul. Okay. That's that's who you are. You're going to the that Hall was- of Fame, but, but you're just Chris Paul to me. So that's what strikes me about the smug look he always has on his face and kind of the, the poutiness he has. He's like... Like, yes, you're good, but you're not top 10 good. And that like, was, know that your was role. The gripe he had when the Clippers, he was playing with the Clippers, and he was like cantankerous, kind of like exactly what you described, calling people out. He's like, hey, demanding perfection. Okay, on one hand, you want that out of a, a leader of a team, and he's, he does work hard. However, it's like, I think the view was, hey, he hasn't been to a finals either. So what? why does he think he's calling anybody out? He hasn't done anything in his career either. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly yeah, yeah. Said. And I'll take it a step further. I'll take it a step further. I think if Allen Iverson chews you out, that's also counts. Because to me, when I think of Allen Iverson, Russell Westbrook, James Harden, guys that have, you know, one scoring tells and one MVPs, their crutch can be like, I can chew you out. And then if your rebuttal is like, bro, you've never won anything. It's like, yeah, because guess what? I don't play with four other guys that are as good as me. They can say that. <laughs> To me, that's what I'm thinking that Allen Iverson would say. It's like, you know, shut the fuck up. Like, I'm I'm the best player in the world. I need four other scores that, or at least four other good players that can play with me. Maybe I'll win a championship, right? So Chris Paul, he hasn't won anything. He's obviously amazing, but he too has not, you know, he hasn't had that individual success that's, that's You're gonna, break. Up, that's that, what I was going to ask you. Tell me the mm-hmm. moment. Tell me, I'll ask because yeah, the statistics, the statistics will show that yeah, he's one of the greatest ever. I mean, the top top five point guard, top two. But I'm like, he's a bit. I think of Chris Paul as a bit like when you're in enriched math class or you're applying to some top college, and you engineer your CV and your transcripts and your 
essays in a way to make you look like you should belong among that elite, but you're not really like that. You don't do any, you're not necessarily special. You're just say, say for example, there's a lot of people that went to Harvard. Well, only Mark Zuckerberg created Facebook. You know what I mean? And I think Chris is a guy who engineered his legacy. So he's going to show up great. And the media keeps talking about how great he is because he's really good with the media. He gives interviews and he's well-spoken and he's a, he's a, he's a leader in his own right. But I think that he's, it's overblown in terms of the impact he really has on any team. And tying this now to what we saw in this playoffs, I was thinking, okay, we're going to see Chris merge now because we saw that in game one and two. Then round three or four, maybe four onward, he just starts to fade away late in games. It's like, what I'm seeing is he didn't have that pouty look anymore, which, yeah, you don't like it. But if, if you're going to win, then I get, yeah, everyone else has to put up with it. That's just, as fans, you have to, you maybe don't like it, but you'll respect it because he won. But he didn't do that. He starts to shrink. You can see that look of worry on his face. You can see that just that tentative body language. He's running out of plays. I don't know what's going on. It just reminded me of last year, game seven, OKC versus Houston. He just, when it really counted, he had a chance to win that series. The ball's in Shea's hands. He's not anywhere involved in the inbound play, passing it in or receiving it. I don't know what's happening. And then with um, Phoenix here, it's just Booker just driving, not passing, losing his cool. Everyone's losing their cool. Even when they were up by like 16, commented, I was watching with my friend Arvin here. I was watching it and I, I made the comment, like, even though they're up by 16, they're the ones who look way more flustered than the Bucks who are down. The Bucks look so composed. Like, I bet they're going to go on a run. And then they did. And then they won. That was it. So when you're, I've had this discussion with uh, some of my fantasy uh, basketball guys. Is like, look, I'm, I'm not going to say like you guys are CP3 fans. That's cool, man. I'm not going to walk off that ledge, but don't make me one. And the reason why I'm not one is because he's John Stockton. John Stockton is the all-time leader in assists and steals, and I can't think of one memorable assist or steal he's ever had. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right, it's like it's like congratulations. I remember, um, I remember tuning into like WWF one time and like Edge's twelve time world champion. It's like what the fuck? I remember like one. I remember like the first Money in the Bank cash, and that was it. Oh, Mind yeah. you, that was at a that was at a time when they were just like flipping the belt. You get what I mean. I'm not saying yeah. that Chris Paul does not have the resume, but if he's going to go on pedestals, and you know, you're all about you know, you talk about uh, guys who are Hall of Fames, and he's of course going to go in the Hall of Fame, but. Maybe in in our personal Hall of Fame, I too think of moments, and you know we ha- and I'm sure he's his claim to greatness is the accumulation of work and 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 volume, and I'm sure he's done well for Team USA and uh, whatever the stat is that if you took him out of certain you know when he was with the, when he was with New Orleans or the Clippers. I'm sure they would have suffered by anywhere from five to to 12 wins per year. I have no doubt about that, but you can't ask me to put like Chris Paul ahead of guys who I value more, which, you know, to me, you know, my guy, my guy's Tony Parker. He's kind of always been this, this guy that doesn't get enough recognition. So, um, you know, we're not even going to have that conversation. Um, To me, he's, he's with a lot of great point guards who didn't quite make it. Um, and that's where I have him at. And, um, I remember we talked about this too, when he got traded, it's like, did you see this happening with Chris Paul? Like, Oh, where do you place the Phoenix Suns? I think you asked me, it's like, I don't think very hard. Now I could not have predicted that Devin Booker would kind of blow up the way he did. And to Chris Paul's credit, he, he had, he had a great run, but like you said, he shrunk when the time mattered. And 
that's just the player he is, man. Like you, you know, like not everyone's got the cojones for you know for for primetime basketball, and that's that's fine. The, but uh, and the stats will never show that about him. The stats will always look yeah. good. That's that's why I say that he's the guy that engineered his CV and his profile to look like he belongs in that upper echelon over a senior yeah. career, which is great. But you just, it's clear that he just doesn't produce any of those moments. He's a bit like yeah. a, a more a better liked Carmelo by the community and the in the league and the media. That's what drives me nuts because you know, look, I love divas and Chris Paul is like <laughs> we, we we kind of exposes diva, but yeah, like the passes this guy gets, man, with the media because to me it's like. I'd rather a guy that doesn't give it that has such a carefree attitude, like a James Harden. Like I'd so rather hang out with a James Harden. No, oh, sorry, let me let me let me say that again. I'd rather James Harden as a teammate, a guy that I'm like, listen, I can pass him the ball. He's probably going to pass me the ball, and you know I'm going to get along with him fine. And you know maybe he's not going to be hard on me, and maybe I need that as a player. But there's no way I could ever, um, you know, uh, just form any type of. Um, you know, continuity or cohesion with uh, Chris Paul. Like every time the camera points to him, again, it's different if like LeBron's yelling at you because you just know what that guy represents and what he's going to mean to you at the end of a game. If And quite frankly, if you shut up and listen to him, you're, you're probably going to get ahead further in life. I don't really care for what Chris Paul has to say. <laughs> just something about him. It just rubs me the wrong way. His mannerisms, his post-game um, uh, interviews – Everything about him, like, there's just no way I could ride with this guy. So, how about um, just like Giannis and the Bucks? What, like, I mean, happy for Giannis. Any views on the Bucks? Like, you think, any, any opinions whether they're going to repeat? Were they deserving? I mean, I, I mean, I applaud them. I just don't think I like Giannis. I like his story. I, I, I he'll win again. Um, in the future, oh, you, but you think so? You think so? I don't know about this run here. Like, as long as Brooklyn is what it is, as long as you have Philly coming up, I mean, I'm believing that Philly will improve with under Del Amore. They have Joel Embiid, um, but uh, n- not necessarily this. I just mean that Giannis is so good that I have. Yes. I, I just believe that, and he's so young that I believe that there are going to be opportunities in the future that he would win a championship. And I don't know that he'll be dynastic runs like the Warriors. I mean, like the like the like the Heat or the or the or the or the, or the, or the say the, the Warriors would have. I'm, I, I always, I'm trying to come up with teams other than the Warriors because the Warriors are really an outlier of, of teams that have runs when you think about it. But I think that he that they can be the team that maybe picks off these one-off championships just because there's kind of that year where they managed to win that right series at the right time and had everybody healthy and, you know. Yeah. You know, because, I, I, because I, I you're, you're, you're right. Be because mix. because when the Raptors beat the Bucks, they lost the first two games – Man, did they look so beautiful, like, after the Raptors just took uh, to make the series 2-1. And, like, I'm like, as long as George Hill is playing for the Bucks, the Raptors just got this. Like, there's, <laughs> there's, there's nothing that Giannis could have done. I just felt like they checked him so well. It was just, it was such a brilliant series. Like, I, I you know, I give, like, Nick Nurse full marks for that. It was such, those four games, you know, uh, four straight games against the Bucks was just, just, so efficient it was um it almost reminds me of like it reminds me of like a like a frankie edgar fight you know he gets dropped because he's trying to play a little too cute and then he just goes to his corner and it coaches a motherfucker just wrestle him circle take him down again get up circle counter boom just do that and like he wins the next four rounds easily like the first round didn't even matter that's what raptors and bucks remind me of that year so 
I think that seeing Giannis stifled like that, I think there are teams that can do that again. It's just that, you know, it's no accident that I think that, you know, he was able to put up those monster numbers the way he did, because I, I didn't see anyone on Phoenix that could, could stop the guy or even do anything remotely. I mean, they, they, they tried everything. They, you know, they would give him the three point shot. He's just like, that's fine. I'm going to drive the next four possessions and maybe I'll do a little spin, um, you know, weak side or strong side, but there was just there was moments that were just nothing was stopping him. I feel like the Raptors had all the answers um, for him um, when they speaking, played. Speaking of Raptors, what do you you got any opinions on Jalen Suggs versus Scotty Barnes? Oh my goodness, that was uh, hilarious. Um, I uh, I hope they know what they're doing. Um, I to me, like I remember. Okay, you never know with drafts. Drafts are a complete you know crapshoot and all this. I just remember last year they kept saying, well, um, w- sorry, which ball is with uh, the Hornets? Um, which ball, ball uh, brother? LaMelo. LaMelo ball. Okay, LaMelo. I just remember the preamble going into it was, LaMelo is the most talented player in this draft. Therefore, he's going to go fourth. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, just this stupidest thing ever. I remember uh, even like with NFL, it's just like, oh, yeah, the most versatile quarterback with the, with the best arm. Yeah, he'll probably go sixth. The one with the highest uh, quarterback IQ is going to go first. I'm like that. That makes like no sense to me, right? So, um, so I guess <laughs> when they drafted, so apparently Suggs had a, so a bit of Toronto news. Apparently, the rumor okay. is that he had he had a bad workout. Yeah, um, I just, which I just read that. I heard that um, too. Yeah, which kind of I remember um, he had a second chance too. They call him in, come back in tomorrow, and then he still didn't. Apparently. Yeah. So I remember I applied for this. Um, I used to be in insurance. So I applied for this. Um, <laughs> I applied for like this technical specialist role and I bombed the interview. But again, the people that were interviewing me were people that have known me for two years. You know, the comment I got that, oh, Ryan, we just, you know, you you just had a really bad interview. You came off as sheepish. I didn't know what that word meant. And okay. I'm like, but, but you've seen me at like two staff Christmas parties, you know, the real me, you're basing me off that. I'm thinking like you're basing this guy off a workout and you have like four years of college ball to, to pick from. You can interview yeah, his coaches okay. and uh, really one interview and he does that. So I never understood that. Um, listen, man, I trust Masai, uh, Bobby Webster, as long as he's getting Masai's coffee order, right. And Masai's making decisions. I'm cool with that. Um, huh. So, yeah, yeah, it's clear that Masai goes for a little bit of projects. Like, of course, if he had number one overall, Masai is not stupid. He's not going to pick like he's not going to pick Darko over LeBron James. You know, if if we redid 2003 over again, he's not he's not that crazy. But Masai, he's kind of got this um, Billy Bean Moneyball thing with him. Like he's he kind of I I, I do trust that he sees things that maybe we don't. Yeah. Yeah. You know so, my view on. I'm drafts. cool with that. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I was. I was just. Saying, I was surprised, but knowing Masai, and then I was like, okay, this probably makes sense in some way that I just don't see yet. But um, I'll say with drafts, I think that it's a cottage industry to overanalyze 18 year old kids. Because what I mean is, I'm not. I mean, I'm not worried for their well being because like they they signed they they signed up for this. They're adults. They've they've been ready for this for a few years now. But the idea that teams know who's going to succeed or not succeed and the difference between a second pick and a third pick and a fourth pick. Like that's just, it's, it's just kind of, it's kind of ludicrous in a way. And my, cause my view is when you were 18 years old, 
like, were you finished as a human being? No. Yeah. Like, you weren't eating, right? You weren't, like, I don't know, you weren't, like, just doing the stuff, like, waking up, like, at X hours and doing the stuff that you need to be to be a professional. Like, that, I mean, like, the idea that all these journalists, all the media, when they analyze these players, it's just like, I don't know. It's just, I'm kind of, I think you have, like, here's tier one, here's tier two, here's tier three. Okay, you pick a guy in tier one, and then you work with that. And it's really not a mm-hmm. big deal. There's no winning and losing. No, that's, that's my whole no. thing. And that, and that it goes back to my Andrea Bargnani thing. Like people want to call him a bust. Like he had he had zero say in the matter whether he went number okay. one or number five in that draft. So using that against him is a little ridiculous. I do remember now Masai did draft Bruno, correct? Yeah. Call Kobo. Okay. Uh, yes, he did. Yep, that's right. Okay, so I remember because <laughs> uh we were about to go into labor and uh, my wife was, and uh, I'll just remember Bill Simmons was so funny when they dra- drafted Bruno, they were like, um, who is this guy? And and Bill knew something about him. Said, this guy is four years away from being four years away. It was the best <laughs> comment I've ever heard in my life. And, and what's hilarious is that he didn't lose been picking Bruno. He probably is like, look, I don't think this kid might turn out, but you know, he probably likes his freak genetics or whatever he presented sometime. It's like he, he might he be a project. Long, long player. He, he likes no. tall, long players. He might be grow into it. I actually saw a game where Bruno came into the uh, to to the Raptors game. The place went nuts. They were just okay. begging this guy to shoot a three. He was fantastic. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's like, like, are we calling that a loss from a site? No, we're calling it like is what it was. It was he was the number 16th pick or whatever. And he's just like, fuck it. I'm going to pick this guy that probably no one that everyone's sleeping on. And it might work out. If not, um, you know, we, we've got other pieces to to build a franchise around. So, yeah, the 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 um, this draft is it is what it is. If you've got a shoe in, you draft him. If not, yeah, you can play a little bit of. You know, gamble a little Yahoo bit. Sports. It's fine, right? Of course, yeah. Take a yeah. risk. Like the low, the probabilities. Like when, whenever the media talks about this stuff, I'm like, the probabilities of any of these picks having that kind of an impact on your team are so low. Like I ran that number, ran those numbers in the past, less than two point five percent that you will that for all that tanking you do, that you're going to get a number one pick, who is the number one player in that year that will lead you to a championship while they're your player, right? It's just, it's just pointless. When, um, which is why, which is why I think that enough teams don't do it is, and I would, I would trade your pick. Like if you're even like the Raptors fourth pick, I was like, oh my god, package that with Kyle Lowry, trying. Oh no, like, I, I don't agree with that. I think. Yeah, I do. I would like to see more of that personally because I think if you have, if you're, if you're able to get, um, let me just think of someone. Uh, okay, if you're able to get Donovan Mitchell, right? It's supposed yeah, he was. Of, that's the thing. You wouldn't get Donovan Mitchell when you package okay, that stuff up. All right. So like someone you, you would get Mitchell. what you would do is you would be doing what Brian Colangelo did, and we'll probably save it as a teaser for our future. Oh podcast, yes, we will. Brian Colangelo, but the he guru. Used to do that. He used to do that yeah. all the time. And it's fucking amazing. Just, but then you're basically just trading yourself, trading yourself out. You're basically, it's a bit like you're pawning off items, and you're pawning off more items, and you just you're, you're just getting yourself into a worse position. Okay, maybe not every year. Maybe not every year. But why not go after a current All Star? Because you know that wow, this guy can actually put up sixteen points a game, three and a half assists, you know, five and a half boards. And this guy didn't even do that in college, even though he's slotted to be the number fourth. The, the point is like you're getting a bit of certainty when you are trading your pick. 
You're right. I don't want to see that every year. And you probably know Colangelo's uh, rap sheet better than I do, even though he's my guy. He probably did that way too often. But once in a while, and to me, like four was such a nice number. Um, that And you got Kyle Lowry. You're like, face it, the Raptors are kind of rebuilding. Um, you know, go after a, go after a young all-star, go after a 24 year old. That's like NBA third team or something. Maybe you don't get that with Kyle Lowry in a fourth pick, but you know, like try something, you know? So I think it's a fair point. I think, I think, um, and we've seen what he did with Kawhi's you're, he's just prudent about when you do that. You're not just going for like the 15th all-star. You'd be like the legit all-star who's going to change your, change your team. Put them yep. on another level. So, speaking of trades with stars, last point I was going to ask. So, any what? Tell me your views on uh, the Russell Westbrook trade. Uh, I too like it for the same reasons I like the James Harden trade because everyone thinks they're getting like this hothead who runs okay. in the crowds and like yeah he's that. But now he's on LeBron's team. Like Russ is kind of. I mean, he kind of went to. He kind of went to Houston. It was James Harden's team, but you get the idea. Like he's kind of, he's been star one in a lot of places in a lot of years. And now he's definitely number three, even though we might be seeing a regressing LeBron, LeBron's going to play more of that. LeBron's definitely entering like what could be the Tom Brady years where it's just like, okay. man, you know, he's going to do the same shit every time, but he just, you know, he's run a little slower. Yeah, yeah, just um, a little slower, but man, like LeBron's NBA basketball IQ might be like entering its its prime. And if you've got a guy like Russell who's just going to push and could take that kind of load off while LeBron's still on the court, and you know, um, you know, we talked about with with, with Scotty, like it's you know maybe back in the 90s you could um hide a little bit on the court you can't do that anymore and and i don't think lebron's at that point where you know he has to start hiding himself on the court not at all but okay. um he's he doesn't have to be that workhorse that mule anymore like he's got russ still a prime russ who i was if you remember i was super worried about and concerned that the version we saw of him in houston who was just like Everyone was letting him shoot threes. He just looked a shell of himself. I'm like, oh no, don't tell me that guy's just had one too many injuries and he's just like not prime anymore. And so if that guy's back and he's got um this team to work with. He's back, right? Like and he had a really good run with the Wizards getting them into he's, the he's, Yeah, he's back-ish. Now let's see what he does under a little more structure. Now he's got two other stars. Here's that, my take. He's the number go. two, not the number three. And <laughs> that's the thing. I think that Davis is going to just progress. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not. Wow, so really? Yeah. I don't know. It's just like whether it's his drive, it's his motor, it's his injuries or whatever. But Russ is going to play 82 games this year, or like 75, right? Russ just plays. Yeah. He plays hard all season long, so that's a good thing. Uh, I don't know. Like, it just seemed a bit strange to me that they would trade away all those guys for Russ, though. I don't. I don't think it's a particularly good trade. Um, I think other who's, than the energy, though, like. Who is good that they really like? Like KCP, I've seen enough of him. I don't mind parting ways with any of those guys, man. Those guys are like those guys. The, the those three guys. Who is it? KCP, Kuzma. You know they're they're Anthony Parker's. In my fair opinion. enough, but but like I don't know. I remember when I I mean I forget the stats because I know the stats don't say some say good things from last year, but I just remember when they were in the bubble and. Um, KCP just looked like he was hitting shots when they needed shots, hitting good shots. And, um, 
I don't know what circumstances there were that lead. I actually wonder if the, the Lakers struggled coming out of the bubble, going right into the next season so quickly. Um, you, well, if, if you ask LeBron, that's exactly what happened. Yeah, I mean, I wonder. You right. used to already, you've been, it was a bit of a really weird circumstance because, like, you don't get the full four months or whatever it is up. Anyway, like, I, I, Russ is just, it's just, it's just like an all time. This move by Palenka, Rob Palenka, is just, it's an all time, just, let's, it's like what in, in other sports, like the Yankees or the Leafs would do. You just, just go get like the best player and then not win. Like that, that's kind of how I, I how I see this happening. Well, I, I wish, uh, I wish that, I don't think that's ever happened with the Leafs, but the Yankees for sure. Like they'll just go after, you know, and they have yeah. before. But the, the here's the thing. The Lakers, I think they do have to add pieces. And I, I know you you and I talked offline. Oh, they don't have the cap space. You know what? I've been hearing don't have the cap space for like 20 <laughs> years. And somehow these fucking teams managed to do it. I don't ever tell me that. I'm not saying you. I'm just saying, you know, the yeah, rhetorical yeah, know you. you. Like, like I, don't, I ever tell, people too. don't ever tell me there's no cap space. Oh, they're in the luxury. They're in the triple luxury. They're in, you know, so-and-so's up for a Supermax. Like, man, these the voodoo math that goes on. <laughs> the Lakers, they will make it work. Um, absolutely. Well, and here's the thing. I, no, I can the, see them adding a couple more pieces and okay. because I, I'm I'm with you. I think that I think there was something intriguing when they had Ray John Rondo and Dwight, even though they weren't okay. there was something to them being on that team that I think they didn't have that was going good. this I year. They were yeah. very, I was surprised that they went off elsewhere. I thought they were right. Good for the so team. Maybe this is a come to Jesus moment. That's like, okay, we got Russ, we got our big three. Now let's get some aging guys that you know we we really need to um, you know some some glue guys that were they were you know ten years ago they were you know first team type guys. I'll say one thing about that trade, this Russ trade, um, is the the Wizards trade back to John Wall. John Wall going to Houston for Russ. Wizards sent a pick. Now Wizards. They get Russ, they lose a pick, they trade Russ away, they get these three players, and they get a pick back. So basically, they trade John Wall for these three players, uh, KCP, Montrez, and and uh, Kuzma. And they get their... So basically, it's John Wall for those three players. I think uh, Wizards... I think that's a good win. That trade is a good win. Because back then, when John Wall had that contract, and I think he was just starting the Supermax, and I don't know... And he was coming off like an Achilles and an ACL injury... Um, nobody thought he was going to be traded for anything. And now they get three players who I think they can actually turn those three players into like a few different picks. So if you mm-hmm. get John Wall and you somehow get three, five picks out of that, I think that's pretty impressive. Pretty impressive work yeah. by the Wizards. I'll, I'll yeah. say that. Um, you're never gonna you're never gonna get me like I love action. I love trades. It's you know, to me it's exciting. I couldn't I don't know what it would have been like to be in a sports fan like the 50s when like guys play the same team for 18 years. That would have probably drove me nuts. But this this suits me just fine. This turnover, it keeps things fresh. Everyone loses their minds. Oh, you're unloyal. It's like, no, nah, man, keep, keep it up. Like this this is this is this is the perfect fodder for me. All right, man. I'm looking forward to where this is going. Um so oh, you know what? One one thing, one last thing I, before I wrap it up is you, I do have one know, thing to add as well. Oh, go yeah. Ahead. You go ahead. Okay. So I think um, I spoke earlier about it kind of – God, it was just such a toxic 2020 election. And as you know, actually both you and I are kind of you know political junkies, at least like in the bubble. And what what kind of it did for me was I was just kind of done with it. And what's hilarious is that um, 
you know, it's, it's been, it's been interesting because we made a whole episode on some of the media members we dislike, and I'm not saying I'm on their side or I'm pro these next two names I'm going to mention, but the funny thing about Skip Bayless and Stephen A. Smith, and they have said some, you know, notwithstanding, you know, Skip, you know, talking about um, Dak Prescott, about depression and how he shouldn't be a quarterback when he knows full well that Dak Prescott's brother died of suicide or Stephen A. Smith when he was talking about uh, uh, Shohei Otani, notwithstanding all that stuff. The funny thing is that, you know, I know guys that would talk to me about like, oh man, did you hear what Skip said? You know what Stephen A. Smith? Because it would it would rile me up, and they were actually in favor of what these guys were saying. You know, and Max Kellerman and Colin Coward. Now they're not liking what they're saying. They're almost like they're they're on to what I was on to years ago, which is like, <laughs> wow, these guys are really disrespectful and all this stuff. And and <laughs> and, and, and you gotta take you gotta cancel Skip Bayless and you gotta cancel Stephen A. Smith. I'm like, no, 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 no. You don't you don't get to hate the guys that I hated before you. Like this reminds me of like <laughs> this reminds me of like, you know, early Razor Ramon and like, you know, the rock and nation of domination when like I was digging these guys and then like when they would make their eventual face turns that they were like, oh Razor Ramon the Rock, they're so charismatic. It's like, no, no, no. You, you weren't day one like I was. Don't you, you can't you can't you can't dislike Stephen A. Smith and and uh and Skip Bayless and stuff. So I just thought that was really interesting because they've been in a lot of hot water lately. Like they just it feels like they can't go at least a month without saying something that the internet's not roasting them over. So that's been an interesting change. I, I almost like I almost need them as my antithesis, and I don't want anyone else to have them, right? So <laughs> But the funny thing is, is that I actually don't like and would if like Nick Wright and and you've been saying it for years, Chris Broussard, if they were off TV tomorrow, that would be fine with me. Like, there's no reason why these guys <laughs> need to have segments um, very over them, very contrived segments. It's very. Um, it's a different hey, I'm product say- altogether. It is. But it's just it's the chemistry sucks. I can I can say this about Skip Bayless. He is. You know, if you can say what you want, he's a great TV personality. Like you can't coach a lot of the stuff that he does. There's there's a reason why he gets paid the millions of years, uh, millions of years. There's a reason why he's been on TV for all those years. And I don't know what he's making. I think Stephen A. Smith's making like 12 million a year. So I get that you don't like these guys. I don't like them either. But when people are like, I can't believe they're on TV. It's just like, yeah, there's a good reason why they're on TV. They, <laughs> their shtick is good. Like there's, yeah. th- you cannot produce that. Like there's, there's talent agencies that are trying to find these guys and, and they don't have the natural ability that they do. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, the last point, close it out. Remember I had the idea about how to settle playoffs about, uh, go for the first overtime, go three on three, and then the final overtime, go one on one. Well, it's mm-hmm. like I didn't even realize, but the Olympics has a three on three competition. They do, yes. Yeah. I haven't watched it, but I was like, there we go. That was my idea. That's what they should do in the NBA to settle in overtime. Half court, three th- on three. Especially in regular season, man, like playoffs, okay, all bets are off. Like the, It's got to be real basketball. Yeah. But yeah, the fans would love it. I, you know, it's funny because hockey's been like, Oh, they hate the shootout. I, if I catch a shootout, if I if if I catch a hockey game and it's going to shoot out, I am watching the entire shootout. It is so <laughs> fun. Same thing with soccer. So you know, you can say it's a bastardization of the game, and maybe a lot of um, 
diehards would say that about, um, you know, if the NBA did do that three on three, but I guarantee you the people that are, wouldn't like it would watch it. If, yeah. if they ever stumbled upon it, there's, it's, it's cool. It's different. And can you imagine like, we just talked about James Harden, AD and LeBron against uh, Durant. James, or, uh, yeah. James Harden, KD and Kyrie versus, Oh yeah. But now Who if you're, if, but, but here's the thing, if here's the thing, I, I don't think I would do that in a regular season. Cause I don't want to, cause it, okay. The thing, the thing about basketball is right. You have to like, you do have to, you do have to protect your spots. You don't want, you know, can, can you imagine if like Sacramento Kings sent out like three scrubs and like your three, you know, shoe in hall of famers get like beat five, nothing in a three on three game. So you, you do have to watch that. You do need specialists, right? So guy who's great yes. five on five may not be great three on three. So like Dame Lillard, I could, I could see Dame yeah. just being fantastic and Luca and uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So yeah, great idea. All right, man, this is great. I'm great. It's uh, great to be back, and um, we'll uh, we'll 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 get back into like a rhythm. I'm, I'm feeling happy about this. Yeah, it was uh, it was a long time coming. So thank you, Jason, as always. All right, man. Catch you later. Take care.